the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney. And I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm both a master of taxation laws and a master of the laws of intellectual property. Now, because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observations, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and economics and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. And I also practice some related fields, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my primary reference point, as they relate to personal, familial, community, and small business finance, I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before becoming a licensed uh, practitioner of the law. I've been fighting for the economic empowerment, economic independence, and economic autonomy of women, people, and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And as I've shared with you before, I, because I was, and I guess I always will be a military brat, and also um, married a professional soldier, and we created another generation of (laughs) military brats. Uh, I know firsthand how hard it can be economically for our citizens, soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic systems, especially after these individuals are separated from their branch of service. I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And as I've shared with you also, I'm also a softy for senior citizens, even before I came one, became one myself, because I was raised by my grandmothers on both sides of the family. And I just really get uh, kind of personally offended when individuals uh, try to take advantage of these folks. So, um, and as you know, or you might imagine, because 
problems of technology and because people figure they have the right to do so, uh, people are taking advantage of elders at an enormous rate and sometimes they're members of their own family. As such, there is a need for this particular practice area in our communities across the board. So I'm coming to you again today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully to provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need if you have a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your other assets. Today, I am compelled to revisit and continue last week's discussion, focusing on our most favorite agency in the executive branch. That is to say, examining what's up with the IRS as we continue our journey into the 2022 tax season that concerns our 2021 expenses and uh, income. So here's the deal. As you may recall, I had urged you to consider and even supported the Internal Revenue Service's push to have us taxpayers learn about what's new and different this tax filing season, that is to say concerning our 2021 income and expenses and credits and deductions, and to utilize the tools the IRS has made available to us on its website, located at irs.gov. Inasmuch as these tools appear to be then and even to appear to be now designed to help us file our federal income tax returns this crazy year, including the special steps that we must take in order to reconcile the economic income uh, impact payments we received, we might have received, and the advanced child credit payments many of us received in 2021. And to that end, I had shared with you the fact that uh, last year the IRS had set up the special page and it has and will continually be updated and it outlines the steps that taxpayers can take in filing our 2021 tax return easier this season, including, for example, the fact that the IRS recommends that you set up a secured account with it via this special page where you can log on and access your tax records, you can make and view payments, manage your communication preferences, view your balances, view and create payment plans, and review any tax professionals you have authorized uh, to deal with your taxes. And um, you can also uh, use the tool to request your account transcript for any particular year. And as an enticement to set up these online accounts, or at least that appeared, uh, it appeared to me to be an enticement, was the IRS claiming that the most expeditious and maybe even the only way rapidly to deal with, you know, getting your tax credit squared away and also dealing with your um, economic impact payments 
and reconciling everything so you could smoothly, um, you know, get any refunds that were due, um, this page appeared to be uh, an expeditious way to do so. But here's the rub. The vendor selected by the IRS to set up and provide the online secured, in quotation mark, accounts for us taxpayers use the state-of-the-art technology that uses biometric and artificial intelligence-based technology that has been ingrained with substantial racial and gender-based biases against people of color and women such that they are misidentified by this um, uh, artificial intelligence. As such, an account set up with the artificial intelligence may cause misidentification of us taxpayers that may in turn either lead to us being blocked out of our own account or allowing others to access our accounts without our permission. As such, I must caution you that setting up an account at the IRS uh, website under these circumstances may pose a hazard to your privacy. Now, why did this happen or why is this happening? Well, according to experts in the ethical use of artificial intelligence, it's simply because the knowledge base, that is to say the huge sets of data that are taught to these computers, that this IR, um, <laughs> that the artificial intelligence has been trained on, has been built by white men who are so insulated from the broad array of humanity that this technology is meant to serve, that they actually do the rest of us a disfavor and ultimately do themselves a disfavor. And as someone who has worked in both the technology and law fields, it has been my observation that akin to what I often find in the legal community, this situation where people with access and control of the courthouses are so far removed from the masses of humanity that they judge and why I strongly believe that undertaking the initial step of putting at least one highly qualified black woman on the United States Supreme Court is mandatory. Likewise, breaking up the white male fraternity in technology is long overdue. You know, when I tell people that way back in the late 1970s, when I became the first black female promoted into the team of engineers that oversaw the design of the internal data communication used by Pacific Bell, and what I had to go through to even be considered for that job, they think I must be having a pot-induced chapter of disremembering. And now when someone thinks they're a lawyer, thinks that they're giving me a compliment by saying I'm the first intelligent and charming black woman they have ever met, I look at them like they're insane. Because I think they are insane. 
There are millions of us, male and female, intelligent and charming black folks and brown folks and Asian folks in this country. And as IQs are widely distributed amongst all people, amongst all races, and just about anybody, including me, had and can have access to a charm school as part of our upbringing, I've come to the conclusion that they've lost their mind or they're pulling my leg. So when we come back, we'll take a look at what members of Congress are doing to deal with this AI-based taxpayer account management system that has resulted in the IRS's agreement to curtail its use. Nonetheless, I will share with you also why I'm still concerned. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our extended stay on the topic of America's favorite executive branch agency, that is to say the IRS, and why it and we need to tread very softly when considering if and when to set up an online account to deal with our 2021 tax return and related issues such as reconciling our child tax credit and our economic impact payments. Now, before the break, I promised to share Congress's response to the IRS concerning the use of an outside vendor using biometric and artificial intelligence-based technology that has been ingrained with substantial racial and gender-based biases against people of color and women, such as we are misidentified by the AI. Well, here it is. On February the 7th, Congressman Ted Liu, Congresswoman Anna Eshoo, Congresswoman Pramilia Jayapal, and Congresswoman Yvette Clark sent a letter to IRS Commissioner Charles Redding urging the IRS to halt its plan to deploy facial recognition technology and instead consult with a wide variety of stakeholders before deciding on an alternative. This summer, the IRS had stated its plans to require anyone seeking to access their records on the IRS website to provide images of their driver's license, their state-issued ID or a passport, and take a live video of their face so ID.me, a private contractor with the Internal Revenue Service, could confirm their identity. Now, the members cite concerns related to cybersecurity, accuracy, and bias issues, and the lack of transparency in the IRS's contract with ID.me and the company itself. First, according to the congresspersons, Americans will 
be forced to put sensitive data into biometric databases, which is a prime target for cyber attacks. They go on, on to say that in 2019, a cyber attack on a U.S. Custom and Border Patrol subcontractor exposed the face images and license plates of thousands of U.S. travelers. The subcontractor cyber attacks and ensuing fallout was significant, but the cybersecurity risk with the IRS plan is far greater, according to the Congress people. Millions of Americans use um, the IRS website annually for a variety of vital functions, and as a result, each of them will be forced to trust a private contractor with some of their most sensitive data. Now, aside from cybersecurity risks, the congresspersons say, the accuracy and bias issues of face recognition systems disproportionately impact people of color. ID.me has stated that the use of their technology promotes and quotation marks, access, equity, and inclusion, in quotation. But even one-to-one -one facial recognition algorithms, where a facial image is compared only with the image of the same face, has been shown to exhibit significant racial bias. A 2019 National Institute of of standards and technology studies show that one-to-one -one matching algorithms saw higher rates of false positives for Asians and African-American faces compared to white faces. Of 10 of the factors of, uh, out of they did this 10 times out of 100 times. ID.me's CEO stated that the company runs internal tests on its software and has found no significant racial or gender biases. But none of those tests have been made available to the public or even reviewed by external researchers. So I got to put a pin on that. The information that I cited before the, um, the break that was peer-reviewed by groups within the community, that is to say the AI professional community, they did independent peer review research. And so the contrast that is made here is that IDME as an independent company had every right to conduct its own tests, but if it wants to bash those against those of the industry, it needs to make them available at least to the IRS. Continuing on with um, the congressperson's statement, already ID.me's face recognition technology has reportedly failed to identify Americans attempting to access government services. In addition to those fa fails to identify, the new login system discriminates against those who cannot afford reliable broadband and requires video capabilities, which may result in less Americans filing for their extended and earned income tax credit. They also, the, the Congress people go on to say, uh, they also are concerned about the lack of transparency in both the IRS's contract with ID.me and ID.me itself. 
this is the Congress's statement. The company had repeatedly stated, including in press release just weeks ago, that ID.me does not use one-to-many face recognition, which compares a facial image to a mass database of other facial images and is more uh, privacy intrusive and prone to errors. Yet that same month, ID.me's CEO then publicly stated that the company does in fact use one-to-many facial recognition technology. Furthermore, the IRS Privacy Impact Assessment neglects to mention ID.me is even using this technology on Americans. Given these issues, the congresspersons felt that it was simply wrong to compel millions of Americans to put their trust in this new protocol. As a result of this, that same day, uh, Congress passed uh, the IRS Revenue Service, uh, a, a motion that said it would be trans, uh, urging the IRS to transition away from requiring biometric data from taxpayers who wish to access their records at the agency's website. And the IRS agreed to this. The reversal comes as privacy experts and lawmakers have been pushing the IRS and other federal agencies to find less intrusive measures for validating one's identity with the U.S. government when one is online. The Washington Post reported on February 7th that the meeting with the lawmakers, the IRS officials and others, and they were considering another identity verification option that wouldn't use facial recognition AI. At the same time, the Senate Finance Committee Chairman Ron Weidman challenged the Treasury Department and the IRS to reconsider the biometric requirements. So, as a direct result of the congressional action, and the action among others, it has been widely reported in all segments of the media this week that Commissioner Redding has agreed to curtail the use of ID.me's AI software to set up accounts on the website. However, I must inform you that as of Friday afternoon, February the 11th, 2022, when I recorded this show, I went to the IRS's account management website, which is located at sa.www4.irs.gov forward slash secure access, secure access forward slash UI, and found the following. If you are an existing IRS username, please create a new ID.me account as soon as possible. We're bringing you an important improved sign-in experience. You won't be able to log in with your existing IRS username and password starting this summer of 2022. If you're a new user, please create an account with ID.me. ID.me is the trusted technology provider in helping keep our personal information safe. And so you select an account and then they they ask and answer frequent questions. How do I verify my identity? How do you identify my identity? To verify your identity with ID.me, you need to provide a photo and an identity document such as your driver's license, state ID, passport. 
you also need to take a selfie with a smartphone or a computer with a webcam. If you need to help verifying your ID, they ask you to push this button, id.me IRS help site, and you will go there. And they go on with other questions and answers. So, inasmuch as the IRS has said they're not going to use this anymore, Maybe the IRS needs to get the word out to its employees and its vendor to either take down this website or have under reconstruction posted on it. Okay? So, we're going to leave it there for now, but as always in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we want to stay on the right side of the law, including laws and regulations and instructions and uh, vendors that are not only geared to assist us mere mortals in filing our tax return, but more importantly, protect our privacy. So, until we get together again, and as much as it appears that the, some variant of COVID-19 will be with us for the foreseeable future, I once again must ask you to please get vaccinated and boosted. And even if you have all your shots, but especially if you don't, Please take the necessary precautions to protect not only yourselves and your family, but all that you come in contact with by keeping your social distance, wearing a mask, and washing your hands. Till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.